you've been searching for a happy place, you found it right here. This is Live Happy Now. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. I'm J.R. Houston, the host of Live Happy Now, a podcast dedicated to helping you find true happiness through positive psychology, relatable stories you can apply to your life, and maybe a little bit of fun mixed in there as well. We're brought to you by Live Happy Magazine, which you can find on newsstands everywhere. And you can also find us online at livehappy.com. You can also find out more about our partner online. Our partner is Life Reimagined. Their website, lifereimagined.org, has a ton of things that can help you find your true happiness from resources, things to learn, things that you can do It's all right there for you because as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagined.org. We are incredibly excited about this edition of Live Happy Now because we are going to hear from two people who were right there at the very beginning of Live Happy. Our founder, Jeff Olson, and co-founder and COO of Live Happy, Deborah Heiss, are going to be having a conversation about the happiness movement and how practicing small daily habits can lead to a great advantage. Jeff, I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. I think we have a real opportunity here to tell everybody how we started doing this wonderful thing called Live Happy. Can you give uh, give our listeners a little idea of how we came about founding this business and what we hope to accomplish with it? Gladly, Deborah. Great to be here. Appreciate the invite. Um, this seems like it's a dream that's been manifesting for a long time, but it, it came from a world with me, and I, I'm sure with you also, we, we both come from a world of believing in personal development. I, we've always believed, myself just like yourself, one of the great journeys in life is becoming a better version of yourself. And then another part of that journey is helping other people do the same thing. And, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of success in my life, both at a Fortune 100 level, uh, building corporations, and then in the last you know, couple of decades, building some really significant sales and marketing companies. And um, I've always focused on the, the natural things people do or products and marketing systems and infrastructure and all that. But quite honestly, my secret weapon's always been working on people. I believe if you build people, they build companies. And so what that means is working on who people are. And quite honestly, it really starts with their philosophy. I've always said your philosophy is who you are and what you know and how you hold it. And it affects what you do. And you have a good philosophy. It creates the right attitude and that turns into the right actions, which turns into the right results in a lifestyle. And so I just became a big proponent of books, reading books. I've always said the books you don't read can't help you. And, uh, and, you know, CDs, listen to them, turn my car into a drive time university and attending seminars and just working on me. You know, it's like Abraham Lincoln said, if I had four hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend three hours sharpening my axe, which means work on me and one hour chopping down the tree. And I've really found that's worked for me. And I found it's worked for the companies I've built because if I built the people, which in essence, I built the culture because people are the culture of the company and it becomes kind of like the DNA of your company. It, it kind of tracks what you are and repels what you're not. And that's very important in a, in a business. And so I found myself attracting people who really wanted to become a better version of themselves and help the world do the same thing. And then all of a sudden that made the products work better, the systems work better, the, the, the business work better. So, you know, I actually, as you know, Deborah, I, I built a TV network back in the, uh, in the 90s, actually, uh, around personal development and uh, produced 930 plus shows on family, finance, health, relationship, career, and sales. And, and so that's where I got into it and, and embraced it. And, and I've been, kind of been just a a product of the product ever since. And then just a few years back, when, when you were working very deeply in personal development, just like I was, and using it, across, over on the horizon, saw this thing called well-being or positive psychology. And it was, it was coming out of the universities. You know, personal development really is, comes from people's personal experiences. Somebody's 
experience life and they share with you their experience and how it affects what they did and you try and learn from their experience. It's like, it's like a, a, they can become a mentor towards you, okay? But positive psychology and well-being was coming out of the educational institutions from around the world and, and they were coming from a different perspective and they were, and they were studying you know, what makes people happy, okay? And, and, but the thing about it is the end result was the same thing as personal development. See, in personal development, what I learned when somebody focused on becoming, you know, reading the books, listening to the tapes, all of a sudden they became more successful. They became more happy. They, they, they became healthier. They became, all the things that started working in their life, well, they started proving in academia is that well-being or, or positive psychology, that we, what we call happiness, what they learned through clinicals and brain scans and research and, and all kinds of data, you know, really significant data coming out of the top universities in the world, that happiness, just like personal development, was the precursor to success, that we all had it backwards. We thought when we had our finances or had our health or had our relationships or had our successful business, we'd be happy. And they proved that if you become happy, you all of a sudden become more successful. You have better health. You have better relationships. And so you know, that immediately attracted me to it. But then it got really neat because the difficult thing I had with personal development was getting people to read the books or go to the seminars, listen to tapes. It's almost like I was asking them to go to 13th and 14th grade. It was, it was heavy, okay? And, and if I, t you know, no matter how hard I worked or you worked or other people I know in that space worked, we can never move the needle more than about 12% of the population, and this is supported by Gallup polls and everything, was really interested in personal development. Although it makes sense they should be, but they just don't do it. But all of a sudden, when you talk to people about happiness, they're interested. You know, it's, it's just so interesting. When I, I talk to somebody and say, hey, and you, you say to your children, do you want them to be personal developed? They go, well, I guess. But I said, do you want your children to be happy? For sure, okay, immediately it opened the door. So it opened the conversation when I started talking about happiness. And so, number one, it made more people available, interested. Number two, it was a precursor to being healthier and have better finances, have better health, have better success, just like personal development was. But number three was a big one. It was easy to obtain. See, personal development, again, was a lot of, you know, like 13th to 14th grade. They have found happiness is as simple as just a, you know, just changing a few things in your daily routine. We're talking about things that maybe take five minutes, a max of 10 minutes a day. Things like just doing gratitude start shifting the way the neurons in your brain fire, start shifting the thought processes. And you can literally take a person that's 80 years old and grumpy their whole life and in 30 days literally shift their consciousness about being happiness and all of a sudden affecting their health, affecting their finances, affecting their relationships. And then the neatest thing about it was you, what you saw about happiness is that it's not about big things that happen to you. And as you get to know me, and there's a book I wrote called The Slight Edge, which is all about not ch uh, chasing success in the world by chasing quantum leap and big things. It's about the little things that you do. What they found is happiness wasn't about big things that happen to you, which everybody thinks it is. It's about the little things you do, okay? And so what happened with, with me and myself and Deborah is all of a sudden I saw, wow, what an opportunity to, because happiness was sitting over there in the institutions. And it was kind of lost in institutions because what they are is educators. They're researchers and they're not marketing people. They're not branding people. They're not people who take information in the market, but they sure are great creators. And so saw an opportunity to, number one, get into the space, create the brand, become the biggest content aggregator out there. 
And so a couple goals to live happy, and I'll, and I'll be real quick here, but number one is make people aware that happiness is important. Now, that might sound silly, but if I walk down to the mall and I ask 100 intelligent people, did you know that happiness was the precursor to success? They would look at me like I was strange. I go, no, if you're happy, you have better finances, health relationships. It's not the other way around. So immediately, the first thing is just make people aware of the importance of happiness. And so our first goal is increase the awareness. And that's just tell the story. Now you do that through branding and marketing and all the different things we're doing at, at Live Happy. Number two is increase accessibility. Because what I've always found, just because you're aware of something, doesn't mean it happens in your life unless you have access to it. You know, for example, a, a poor child in a bad part of Africa, he might be aware of a book, but he doesn't have access to it, so it doesn't exist in his life. So just because I made you aware of happiness doesn't mean it exists in your life until I make it accessible to you. So how do you do that? You make it easy for them to get in print, in digital, on, in the internet, in social media. And so our next thing was to make it very, very accessible. And the last part, the most significant part, is true happiness. And we've all known this. It's, 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 you, you hear it all the time, but we're so busy we, we miss our opportunity to do it. But true happiness is not just in being happy, but in sharing happy. When you can make somebody else happy when you can you know not only become a better version of yourselves but when you can help somebody else get down that journey that's when you grow the most and so all of a sudden i saw this beautiful opportunity to come, almost like do the new age of personal development and take you know the same things that were driving that and go out there and actually go to a much larger market create this huge awareness about it you know bring all this incredible content and knowledge out of research and science and universities brand it and package it, increase the awareness, increase accessibility, and then start the movement of people not only embracing themselves but touching other people's lives. And that's what we're trying to do here at Live Happy. And we're having a lot of fun um, with Live Happy. So, um, yes, so that are. was a great, great explanation of how we got started. It's phenomenal. But I know that our, our listeners are um, really excited about being happier, and hopefully they're really excited about the podcast because that's one of the things you mentioned in terms of accessibility. This is another way that accessible. We hope right. they turn in regularly to listen to us. But I know that one of the challenges that we have, and you touched on a little bit when you talked about the slight edge, is making lasting changes in our life. I know a lot of people want to be happier, and you're right that things are easy to do. They're simple to do. But it really isn't just about doing things for a day or two. It's really about lasting change. And I know your slight edge philosophy, your slight edge book touches on that. Would you connect happiness and the slight edge for us? They actually work like a hand in glove, and I gladly do that. Going back to when I did the uh, TV network and did the 900-plus shows, it was really neat because I got to know the best educators, New York Times bestsellers. The, the people had the content, the best of the best. They were lining up at our doors to come in our studios and be produced and, and put out in production. And, and what I learned was a few things. Some was great, and some of it was disturbing. And what it was is... Their content was amazing. None of them suffered from bad content. It was everything I heard. I thought, this is great stuff. But what I realized is when they were having to market themselves, they always had to market themselves under the guise of Quantum Leap. If you read my book, go to my seminars, uh, listen to my tapes, you're going to fix these problems, your health, your finances, your relationship, in 90 days, 150 days. Basically, you're going to fix what's taking you years to get into in a very short period of time. And at first, I thought, that is okay because it's getting them to do something they need to do. And that person who's in bad health or has bad finances or has a bad relationship or is not making their business work, they need to read those books or listen to those tapes because they can help them 
achieve in those areas. But then I saw something that really disturbed me. I saw people who get to that day of disgust, you know, that day of decision. We all get to that where one day we say, hey, I'm not going to be unhealthy like this, or I'm not going to, my finances aren't going to fix them, or my relationship, I want to have good relationships. And you draw that line in the sand and you say, I'm willing to make a change. And that's, I call that that day of decision, that day of disgust. And they start doing the right activities, okay? And they get in, but they get in under the philosophy of quantum leap, okay? And they start doing the right activities because the content was brilliant. What they're asking them to do is, is smart. When they get down the road, 90 days, 120 days, 150 days, and they're not getting the results that they thought they were going to get. And here's what happened. Number one, and this is a really sad thing, is they lost belief in the information. It wasn't the information was wrong. It was the philosophy by which they were using the information was wrong. They were looking for a quantum leap, fix something in a hurry. But number two, and this thing really kind of saddened me, not only did they lose belief in the information, they lost belief in themselves. All of a sudden they said, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I'm not meant to be better in this area. So they didn't just go back to where they were on their day of, de- day of decision discuss. They went to a worse place because they now lost belief that they could do it. And so I all of a sudden saw that this information to a certain degree was starting to hurt people instead of helping people. And so I set out down the road, the slide edge, to come up with a philosophy that would take the same information and make it work for you. So all the, sli- the slide edge is is about doing little things. They seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them, but just do them over and over and over and over with consistency and persistency or a long enough period of time to make them work. It's like, it's like planting a field. You plant seeds, you cultivate, and then you harvest. See, all this other marketing is you plant seeds and you harvest. And that's, that's, that's just not the natural harmony. And so the book was all about that. It was just about doing the little things, like reading 10 pages of a good book a day. Now, if you read 10 pages of a good book, Today, will you be more successful in whatever, if that's your health or your finances? Will you be more successful today? No, you won't. If you don't read 10 pages of a good book today, will you be less successful? No, you won't. See, the difference between reading 10 pages and not reading 10 pages is really insignificant in the moment. But the slide edge teaches you if you did that for a year, that'd be 3,650 pages. That'd be 12 books on, say, finances or health or relationships or a combination thereof. That would change your philosophy, your attitude about that category, and it most certainly change you. And so all of a sudden you go away from this quantum leap mindset to just doing the little things consistently, persistently. It's the same thing as a diet. If I eat you know, a bad meal today, do I get fat? Not today. Now, if I eat a perfect meal today you know, that I'm supposed to eat, do I get healthier? Not today. The difference between doing the, wrong, the right thing and the wrong thing is insignificant in the moment. But one is a simple discipline repeated over time. One is a simple error in judgment over time. What you need to understand is that you literally have to do about 80% of the activity before you see the result. So you might have to do something for a half a year, a year, two years to start getting the results. And so what the slide edge is all about, and it's full of stories that people have changed their lives, is about doing little things that you can do, okay? Do little things that seem to really make no difference at all in the act of doing them, but just do them over a long enough period of time to let the compounded effect kicks in. And so, you know, really the neat thing about it, too, is when people get this, it's really, really important. Whatever you want in life, it could be success in a business or it could be finances, a health relationship. That's a goal. It's a dream. It's out there and it's big. I hope you want big things. Okay, you're drawn towards big things. But you always got to remember this. The only thing you have is the moment you're living in. 
You don't have the moment you just went through, and you don't have the moment you're headed towards. You only have the moment you're in. And the moment you're in will always be insignificant. It always is. It's little. The little things you're doing in the moment will do not determine whether you're successful or you fail at that moment. But the combination of moments is what achieves big things. And so what people have a problem with is they're looking at these big things they want. They're getting seduced by quantum leap and they quit doing the things in the moment. Okay. So the thing you got to remember, the only thing I have is the moment. But the moment is the thing that gets me the big things I want. But it's the only thing I have, and everything in the moment is insignificant and doesn't matter in the moment. you got to get that. And so you got to have the discipline or the philosophy or the proper outlook on life that you do the little things that seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them, the diet, the exercise, the read 10 pages, to tell your, your, your spouse I love you. Little things. They're insignificant in the moment. They're, they don't make you or break you. But the cumulative effect of those over a long period of time, consistently and persistently, is how you achieve big dreams and big goals, not through quantum leap. So that's what Sliders is all about. And it's, it, you think about it, it's the same thing as happiness, okay? Happiness is not about big things that happen in your life. You know, people think that I win the lottery. It's been proven that doesn't work, okay? It's about little things that happen in your life. And it's about little things that you do and do them consistently and persistently. And so when I, you know, Live Happy to me was a philosophy about how you approach the personal development books. When I saw I could bring the, the philosophy of the slide edge, the, you know, the little things you do in the space of happiness and bring those together, I, I went, oh my gosh, you know, here's a chance to really not only change the content that's driving people, but, change, but attach a philosophy that's a lifelong philosophy that can allow them to achieve their big dreams of better health, better finance, better relationship. And when you start marrying the philosophy of the slide edge, the concept of live happy, I pretty much think anybody can achieve anything they want in this world. That's why I'm so excited about it, Deborah. You know, um, I love that you bring up uh, happiness the way you did at the end because happiness is really filled with a lot of small things. Most of the things that you read in Live Happy magazine aren't about, you know, you need to go wholesale, change something about your life. It's, you know, simple as taking a walk every day or writing a gratitude journal, three things you're grateful for, or saying thank you or writing a thank you note. And these are really small things that take five minutes of your time. But the science has proven that just doing those things provides lasting happiness and improves improves your outlook on life. And it's just little stuff. So I totally see the connection between the slight edge and happiness. That's what's, that's what's so neat, Deborah. because for me, if every day, you know, I wake up with the same problems everybody else wakes up. There's different. We're all different. We're all on a different journey. And uh, we all have our trials and the things that set us down. But it's neat when you know you have these tools to go to. When you have philosophies and information, something to lean on, okay? And, and I, I mean, I, just the other day, I had one of those days where I was going like, man, am I having the funk? You know, I'm feeling heavy. But immediately, I just shifted out of it by just, you know, focusing on what I could do. They weren't that big of things, but I started focusing on positive things, and those little things turned to big things over time. You know, I think we all have those kind of days, and I think the, the, the answer is to take action, to not sit around and wallow in what you're doing and take exactly. action, and take action for happiness. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned in talking earlier was read 10 great uh, pages a day. You mm -hmm. know, there's a great magazine out there called Live Happy. We, we certainly hope it. everybody's reading uh, <laughs> 10 great pages of Live Happy a day. That'll, you know, give you a, a fourth year reading for the year if you do that. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about was uh, really when we also when we founded Live Happy Jail, we also founded this with the idea of taking this information, this great wealth of information that's available in academic circles, is available in scientific circles that no one had ever heard about around the world, and making it accessible to everybody. 
Um, but really, it's founding a happiness movement, a movement and a culture of people who are like-minded, who also want to share happiness and want to, you know, really want to improve the atmosphere they live in, their communities, their homes, their schools. Um, can you talk a little bit about the sure. happiness movement? Yeah, and gladly. And for, first of all, we know the world needs this, okay? So we, if it's not us, who is it going to be? And so and I've always believed in a thing called synergy, that a group of people can go somewhere together that they can't go to by themselves. And it's like Napoleon Hill said it, two minds creates a third more uh, powerful uh, mind, okay? And, well, two happy people creates a third more powerful, happy person. So what does a movement do? And so my thinking is this, is, is if you're listening right now, you're different already. If you're on this podcast listening, you're, you're part of the people who, who are interested in this and are part of the movers in the space of happiness. And my belief is you got to go get the choir. The people who are like-minded, like ourselves, people listening here, who really believe that they want a better world, they want a better philosophies, a better attitudes, and want a happier place, and really understand that you know happiness is a precursor to having a better finances, health relationships. And we go get the you know the the choir, and we give them the information, increase their awareness, and we give them accessibility information, and then we start the movement, and we go get the congregation. Okay, it has to start somewhere. So you always start any kind of movement. I've always I read a book once, uh, Selling a Dream by Guy Kawasaki, many many years ago. And he said to have a, a, a movement, you have to have a cause. To have a cause, you have to have an enemy. It doesn't mean that like an enemy you fight, but we have an enemy. It's called negativity out there. It's, it's, and it's driven a lot by media, okay? And, and quite honestly, who's out there putting out the positive things? I, you know, you think about it, you go to a checkout stand at a, at a store, and you look over the left, and there are all the magazines, and it's pretty much not good information. It's not much information that you really need that's going to really drive your life forward. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it's live happy. And I see that it just makes me feel good because all of a sudden there is a something that the people who are the choir, they're going to be drawn to that, okay? They're going to share with other people in the choir, like-minded people, and we start coming together and, and we this live happy. This is all about bringing positive people together, giving them awareness of the information, giving them accessibility to the information, and then giving them something they can share with other people. And that's how you start the process. And God, we, we know the world needs it. And who's going to do it? It's going to be us. And I'm just looking for other people. Enjoy. I, I can't wait till the day in my life I go to check out Sam. There's a lot of positive magazines, not just ours, but a lot of positive information, not just all the stuff I see there every single day. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today. It's always a pleasure. Um, I know you and I are having so much fun with this brand and building the brand and uh, hopefully creating a movement of happiness around the world. It's, it's really a pleasure. I, I want to make sure that our listeners... Um, just to pull out a few uh, core points, you know, it's the small stuff. Uh, uh, like Jeff was talking about earlier, it's doing the, the small things every day to reach your goals, to reach your dreams. And we do want you to have big dreams and we want you to be happy. And it's the small stuff that will make a difference in your life. Absolutely. And we also want you to join in the conversation. You can go to our website, livehappynow.com, or you can also get a download link to an infographic with more about uh, what Jeff was talking about, some notes on this particular podcast. But we want you to join in. Tell us what you're thinking, things that are working for you. You can find us on Twitter at livehappy or on Facebook at facebook.com slash livehappy, or you can even find us on Instagram at mylivehappy. And of course, you can just email us, podcast at livehappy.com. We are so excited that you have decided to make us a part of your day, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon. For Jeff Olson, for Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying thank you and so long, and remember to always live happy.